All right. So food trucks, all sorts of fun, mostly Jesus. We want you to be here and bring your friends. That was MJ on the screen there. She, she's awesome. Uh, her name actually is Mary Lee, uh, Mary Lee Johns. Uh, the only person I've ever called, heard call her Mary Lee is her fiancé, Connor. Everybody else calls her MJ. That's just how we know her is MJ. I had a uh, baseball coach when I was playing high school baseball who he, he nicknamed all of the players on our team. He just called us by our initials. And it was great. It was great for everybody else except me. You know, it's just a little different when you're yelling out at the top of your lungs, run TB, run GC versus run TT. You know, I, I, you know, I, I never, never liked, never liked that nickname. Uh, there was one guy on our team who didn't get called by his initials. Uh, his name's Kevin Thompson. KT would have been great, but Kevin from the time I met him as a seven-year-old, went by a different nickname. Kevin's nickname was Goose. I, I promise you, if you go to my hometown today and you ask, does anybody know Kevin Thompson? Half the people in town will not know who you're talking about. But if you ask, do you know Goose? Everybody knows Goose. Uh, Goose has kind of a long neck, thus the name. Uh, but Goose, Goose is a great guy. Nicknames are interesting. And, uh, you know, nicknames, initials uh, are kind of easy. You can just call somebody by their initials. Actually, my pastor, uh, we affectionately refer to as AP, uh, Alton Paris. Alton turned 98 this week. And uh, I will say, without a doubt, he's the greatest man I've ever known. Greatest man I've ever known. Uh, Unbelievable the influence and impact that he's had uh, for the gospel. Some nicknames are easy, you know, AP, MJ, uh, Goose. Uh, sometimes you have to do something to earn a nickname. Uh, sometimes you get a nickname that you wish, wish you didn't have. Sometimes you, a, a nickname can be like a label. It might stick, it might not. And there are certain nicknames in history that have stuck that I think probably the person that it stuck to uh, wished that it hadn't. A perfect example of that would be Thomas. Thomas was one of the 12, chosen by Jesus, followed Jesus, faithful follower. But whenever we talk about Thomas, what, what do we think of? Doubter. Thomas, we call him the doubter. Uh, it's been 2,000 years. And I can assure you that we still call him the doubter. And maybe it's, I'm overly sensitive because my name is Thomas. But I think it's time we started calling him something else. <laughs> Doubting Thomas. I've told people uh, for years and years uh, that young people especially, as they're learning how to preach and, and uh, learning how to write sermons, that every sermon needs a hook. Every sermon needs a hook. And that hook is the, the one phrase or the sentence in that sermon that if you forget everything else, this is what I want you to remember, just this one phrase. So you could reduce every sermon down to one sentence. And some, some of you maybe are thinking right now, yeah, I wish, I wish you would do that. Um, but here, here's the hook for today. The hook for today is you get to decide 
You get to decide whether you will be a doubter or a believer. You get to decide whether you will be a doubter or a believer. Nobody else decides that for you. Nobody else decides it. There may be people, there may be events that influence that decision, but ultimately you, you get to choose whether you will be a doubter or a believer. Let's, let's take a look at, at the Gospel of John chapter 20. Uh, this is the story that labeled Thomas. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now let's pray. Lord, I pray that, that you would speak to us today. We, we believe that there are things that you want to say, things that you want to do, we believe that there's transformation that is still happening as you make us more and more and more like your son, Jesus. And so I pray that we would yield to you today, that we would allow you to have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, you, you get to choose. You get to choose whether you will be a believer or a doubter. No, nobody does that for you. You can just choose. And some of you may think, well, you know, I just kind of lean in one way or I lean in the other way. Uh, but I, I'm convinced that you can change. And the thing that convinces me is, are, are the words that Jesus spoke to Thomas. Jesus looked at Thomas, and he knew that Thomas had doubted. And he says to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. And why, why would he say that to Thomas? Why would he call Thomas to change the way he thought if it weren't possible? So Jesus says, I believe to us as well. If you have doubt, stop doubting and believe. If you find yourself leaning towards doubt, stop and lean towards faith. 
So if you want to believe, I believe that there are some things that you can do, some things that you can choose that will help you believe. There are also things that you can choose that will help you to not believe. There are things that you can choose that will cause you to lean towards doubt. And I'm not even going to mention those things. I'm going to talk to you about the things that you can choose, the things that you can give yourself to, the things that you can go after that will cause you to grow in your faith, that will cause you to believe rather than doubt. Number one, read the story. Read the story. Read the story of God. Read the Bible. Read the Gospels. Read the story of Jesus' life. Read about the things that Jesus did. You, you want to know why you need to know what Jesus did? Because what Jesus did is what Jesus is doing. He hasn't changed. He's still doing the things that he did. And we need to read those things, and it will stir up faith in us to go after those things. Read the story. Now, let me just say, parents, parents, hear me. Teach your children the Bible. Teach your children the Bible. If you do not teach your children the Bible, they will be left at the mercy of the culture. And the culture, in case you haven't noticed, is going to hell quickly. Teach your children the Bible. Nobody else needs to be doing that for you. Others can help you. Others can help you. We have a great children's ministry. We have a great student ministry. And Becky and her team and Matt and his people are doing a fantastic job. And they will help you, but they can't do it for you. Teach your children the Bible. In the inspired word of God, we're instructed what it means to believe, why it is that we believe, how we believe, who it is that we believe in. Read the book. Read the story. Read through the story and see the things that Jesus did. Read the Gospels. Jesus healed the sick. He cast out demons. He performed miracles. He raised the dead. He loved the lost and the lonely. When you hear a testimony, when you hear a testimony of someone who's been healed or delivered, which way do you lean? If you hear a supernatural testimony of a miraculous thing, do you lean towards skepticism or do you lean towards faith? I believe you get to choose which way you lean. I do. I believe that if you spend enough time in God's Word, you won't be surprised at anything He does. He's done some pretty unbelievable things that are testified about in Scripture. As you read the book, as you study the book, as you give yourself to the book, and as you prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to teach you the book, you will find it easier and easier and easier to believe. Now, Thomas, he was, he was a skeptic. As far as we know, he was only a skeptic for about a week, but he's been called a doubter 
for 2,000 years. But he did something interesting. He did doubt, but he also chose to be with people who believed. So the second thing I would say, number one, read the book. Number two, hang out with people who believe. Hang out with people who believe. On Easter, when Jesus came and, and appeared to the ten, Judas wasn't there for obvious reasons, and Thomas wasn't there. We really don't know where he was, but he wasn't there. And Jesus came, and I can only imagine. I mean, I, I can only imagine what went through Thomas's mind. You know, you think about their life. He, he's been with Jesus for three years. The others have been with him for three years, three and a half years maybe, and they've traveled with him. They've seen everything he's done. They've heard everything he said, and they had hung all of their hopes on him. And then he died. They had hung everything on this Jesus, and then he died. And Jesus had told them that he would, but they didn't quite get it. They didn't really understand. They didn't believe that part. Surely not. And then he dies. And everything that they had believed in, they had left businesses, they had left families to follow Jesus, and then he dies. And it seemed like everything they had hoped for just ended. And then his friends come and they, they tell Thomas, guess what? We saw Jesus. <laughs> right. I think we judged Thomas pretty harshly because he didn't quickly believe something that may have been incredibly difficult to believe in that moment. The ten believed. Why did they believe? Because they saw him. They were there. You know, I would even point out in that passage, it actually says that Jesus showed them his hands and his side. Why do you think he did that? So they would believe. Because they weren't sure of what they were seeing either. And so we judge Thomas because he didn't believe but then he does an interesting thing. Even though he doubted, even though he was a bit skeptical, he hung out with the ones who believed. The 10 who had seen Jesus and were proclaiming that he was risen, Thomas stayed with them so that the next time Jesus came, Thomas was there. The posture that we take will determine largely which way we lean. The posture that you take will determine which way you lean. The posture that you take and the choices that you make about who you run with and who you don't run with will oftentimes determine whether you're a skeptic or a believer, whether you live in doubt or faith. Thomas made a choice, even though he was wrestling with belief, he made the choice to be with people who believed. The third thing I would say that we need to do, so first of all, read the story, read the book. Second, hang out with people that believe. Third, ask God for the grace to believe. Ask God for the grace to believe. In Mark chapter 9, there's a man who comes to Jesus. He has a demonized son, and he brings his son to Jesus. You know what Jesus says to him? 
Everything is possible for those who believe. Everything is possible for those who believe. And you know what the man says? That is a great answer. I think it's probably the answer that, that fits most of us. The man looks at Jesus and he says, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Ask God to change your heart. If you find yourself not believing as fully as you want to believe, ask God to change your heart. That's what this man did. He said, Jesus, I believe. I want to believe. I believe you. I want to believe more. Help me. Help me to overcome the part of me that that doesn't believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. God loves, he loves it when he sees hunger in people. God loves to, to rush in and to pour out on the lives of people who want more. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says it. 2 Chronicles 16, 9, my absolute favorite verse says, for the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. When your heart is completely his and you want more of him, he loves it. And he loves to rush in and to pour out. In the book of Numbers, we read about Joshua and Caleb. You know, Joshua and Caleb were different. The Bible says they were different. They weren't the norm in their generation. When they went out as a part of the group of 12 to spy out the land, they come back and 10 of them are like, oh no, we can't do this. This is a horrible idea. This is a terrible thing. We, we can't, the people that occupy that land, they, we look like grasshoppers. There are giants in the land. This, this will never work, except for two guys. Joshua and Caleb were bouncing off the walls. We can do this. Guys, this is amazing. This land is wonderful, and God has promised it to us. We don't even have to take it. He's just going to give it to us. You know, the Bible, it says that they were different, and the way that they were different is that they believed God fully. They believed God fully, and they followed him fully. And because their heart was leaning towards belief, because their heart was postured towards faith, God gave them favor. And he blessed them and he blessed their families. Psalm 14, 2 says that the Lord looks down on the human race to see if there is any who understand, any who seek God. He loves it when you lean towards him. He loves it when you seek him. He loves it when you pray, God, help me to believe. The Moravians were an amazing people. They had a deep love for God and a devotion for God. They were given to prayer, and revival sprang up under the, prayer, uh, the prayers of the Moravian people. John Wesley, uh, he, John Wesley grew up. Uh, in a religious atmosphere. Uh, his mom uh, taught them the Bible. Uh, he and all his brothers and sisters, she prayed for them. She spent time with them one-on-one and discipled them. John Wesley grew up 
When he got to college at Oxford, he was a part of a group called the Holy Club. I don't know if how many of you guys, when you go to college, how many of you in college were the name of your fraternity or sorority was the Holy Club? Yeah, mine either. But that's what John Wesley was in, the Holy Club. And then he leaves England and he comes to guess where as a missionary? Georgia. Georgia. And all of this has happened. And then on his way home, not having done quite so well as he had expected or thought he would do in Georgia, on his way back to England, he runs into these Moravians on a ship. And he's blown away. There's something different about them. And one of the Moravians asked him, do you know Jesus Christ? Now think about it. They're asking John Wesley that. They're asking John Wesley, do you know Jesus Christ? Grew up in a Christian home. In the Holy Club. A missionary. Do you know Jesus Christ? And Wesley wrote in his journal, I could not say that I did. I could not say that I did. But he saw something in these Moravians that made him hungry for God. And his heart was strangely warmed. And he found himself believing and saying, I knew that Jesus died for my sins. John Wesley had an incredible conversion and became an unbelievably influential man of God. A revival sprang up under the preaching of John Wesley that literally swept the world. In fact, a few years ago, the BBC did a, did a, a survey uh, to determine the most influential man in British history. Now, just think about that. That's a lot of guys. John Wesley. John Wesley was voted the most influential man in British history. God used a man who, as an adult, realized that he couldn't really say that he knew Jesus Christ. And he cried out to God to know him. And God loved it. Loved it so much that he poured his spirit out on John Wesley and caused him to lead a revival that we are still, still today experiencing the fruit from. A fourth thing I would say, so third, ask God for the grace to believe. And then fourth, act on what you know. Act on what you know. If you're leaning in the direction of faith because of things that you know, don't just lean, step. Don't just lean, step. Y'all know my favorite quote, the difference between people that do stuff and people that don't do stuff is that people that do stuff, do stuff. Don't just lean in a direction, step. Act on the things that you believe. I was asked one time, will you pray for me to have boldness? And my response was, what are you doing that requires boldness? 
step. Don't just wait until you feel like I've got everything I, 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 I need. I have it all. Now I can step. No. Know what you believe and step towards it. Step towards what you believe. You may have doubted in the past. I don't think there's anybody in this room who's never doubted. You may have doubted. That doesn't make you a doubter. You may have been skeptical at times, and that doesn't make you a skeptic. You, have, you may have failed. That doesn't make you a failure. It's time for us as the body of Christ to stop believing lies about who we are and start believing the truth about who God says we are. And he says that we're more than overcomers. He says that we make up a church that can't be beaten, that can't be destroyed, that the gates of hell hell will not prevail against. Start taking action on what God says about you. Thomas doubted. Thomas doubted, and, and he acted on his doubt. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I see. I'm not going to believe unless I touch. He acted on his doubt, but as far as we know, it only lasted for about a week. Only for about a week. And then when he saw Jesus, he said, my Lord and my God. And after seeing the risen Christ, Thomas took the gospel to ancient Babylon, which is now where Iraq, present-day Iraq is. And he preached the gospel. And so believers in Iraq today owe it to Thomas because he took the gospel to that place. After he left Babylon, he went to Persia, and he preached the gospel in Persia, which is modern-day Iran. And so people who know Jesus today in Iran know Jesus because of Thomas, because he was faithful, because he believed. The one that we like to call the doubter believed and took the gospel to Iran. And then in 52 AD, he sailed to India, and he planted churches all along the west coast of India. And then he traveled to the east coast of India near Chennai, where he was martyred because he believed. Doubter? I don't think so. Believer. Believer, world changer. Lean towards belief. Step towards belief. Make a choice. Decide today to lean and then step into belief. And then find for yourself the truth of 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is fully his. Now let's pray. Lord, you're so good. You're so good to us. You're so good. Thank you. Thank you for calling us into that place of belief. Thank you, Lord, 
for drawing us, for wooing us. Thank you for not leaving us in unbelief, but calling us into that place of faith. Continue, Lord. Continue to shape our hearts, to make us more like Jesus, so that everywhere we go, everywhere we go, we will be an expression of your love, an expression of faith. Use us, God. You said to the ten, the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Thomas went. Boy, did he ever. Help us, God. Help us to go. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll ask our prayer teams to come and get in place. We want to take some time to pray for people today. It could be that, that you're here today and you, you kind of find yourself maybe in, in, in the place that John Wesley found himself in. Maybe, maybe you've been in church all your life, but if somebody asks you today, do you know Jesus Christ? You, you would have to say, I, I, I can't say that I do. If that's you, if you're in that place today, we have teams that would love to pray with you and, and lead you into a place of faith to help you make that decision, uh, to give yourself to Jesus today. Now, it could be that you just want to come today and say, I, I believe. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Whatever, whatever it is you need today, we would love to pray for you. We'll have teams that will be up here ready to pray. They'll stay here as long as they need to stay to make sure that everyone who wants or needs prayer is prayed for. Let's stand together. Uh, Austin's going to lead us uh, in some worship. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move. There are things that people in this room need that only you can provide. There are things that people in this room need done that only you can do. And so we're asking you, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name.